Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. Today, I am actually really encouraged to uh, introduce to you one of my dear, dear friends. Uh, His name is Joel Pasmino. He has planted Encounter Church in uh, Columbia Heights, D.C. Um, Rachel and I have been friends with Joel since he was a pastor in Annapolis. And actually, um, his very first Sunday after he got married to Megan, um, Joel was preaching at the church that Rachel and I helped start in Annapolis. And so um, there's a lot of connection. There's a lot of friendship. There's a lot of relationship. When, when there's stuff going on in the church, when there's stuff going on in church planning, we call one another. And there's just very few people that I know that I would trust to be so gospel-centered as Joel is today. So I'm really excited to introduce you to my friend Joel as he gives us an encouragement from abroad. Hello, Redeeming Hope. It's such a joy for me to be able to share the message with you guys today. Even if it's online, uh, my wife Mary and I love you guys. We love your church. We love your pastor, Josh and Rachel. They've been good friends to us in these last few years. We made Annapolis years ago when we were serving together there. And it's been great kind of like being on these parallel church planting journeys in the last few years. And, you know, hearing from Josh, all the things that God is doing at Redeeming Hope is fills us with encouragement as well. So I'm honored to be able to share with you today. Uh, on that idea of encouragement, like my understanding of the topic for, for this series is this idea of encouragement from abroad. And what, what I figure I would do is I want to share with you a message that God used to encourage me and to encourage our church. We uh, turned uh, three years old uh, last fall in September. Uh, it's back in the middle of the pandemic. We were able to uh, have an outdoor service. It was the first time we were able to have a service uh, since the pandemic has started. And, and this particular passage got used to speak life and encouragement into our lives. And I kind of like want to like pass that on uh, to you. Uh, so the saying of this passage before we jump into this is in the book of Deuteronomy. And you know, if you're familiar with, with, with the Torah, the way that the Pentateuch works is that, you know, you have uh, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers kind of like telling the story of the people of Israel in the desert. And when you get to the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Deuteronomy is actually like a retelling of the story. Uh, it's kind of like, I, I like to call it the remix. <laughs> it's the people of Israel, the new generation of the people of Israel, that they were born in the desert and they're the ones that are actually going to take the promised land. And Moses is kind of like retelling them the story because part of that they don't remember or they haven't lived through. And he's kind of like reminding them the things that God has done in the last 40 years in the desert. So with that in mind, let's go into this passage. This is Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to start reading on verse 1. It's what it says. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, 
to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. So the people of Israel are about to enter into the promised land, and Moses is telling them, I need you to remember all of the things that God has done. And he's kind of like getting to the point of like why you've been in the desert for these 40 years and how God has provided for you. And in this story, the way that Moses is explaining to them, he's saying the reason you've been in the desert for 40 years is because God wanted to test you and show you what's on your heart. Uh, in Numbers chapter 14, uh, we see the story of the 12 spies that, God, that Moses sends into the land of Cana, kind of like on the first round of trying to take over the land of Cana. And, you know, the way that the story goes, the spies come back and they're terrified of what they see. They do not believe that God can help them take the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb believe what nobody else does. They basically start a riot and there's a mob that's trying to lynch Moses and Aaron and God kind of like has to intervene. And let me read you how God intervenes. This is Numbers chapter 14, verse 26. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites, so tell them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who was counted in the census and who has grumbled against me, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, son of Nun. As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But as for you, your bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the wilderness. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explore the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community which has banded together against me. They will need their end in this wilderness. Here they will die. Whoo! God gets very upset at the people of Israel and enacts judgment. And there's a ton of stuff that we could parse from this passage, but I want to bring your attention to, to something in these two passages. If you read these two passages, you know, there's almost like these two different reasons that are given, you know, for why the people of Israel wander in the desert for 40 years. You know, on, on one story, in the story that we read first in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, what you see is that God takes them in the desert for 40 years because he wants to test them and see what's in their heart. In the story in the book of Numbers that we read, it's actually a different, it's it's judgment. It's judgment for the disbelief and for their sin and for them trying to kill Moses and Aaron. And it's God enacting judgment. And, you know, you might read that and you may think, well, which is it, right? And some of like the, you know, the, the historical, critical, you know, uh, scholars that don't necessarily believe in this inspiration of the scriptures, they would say, well, you know, that's just to show that, you know, 
the stories were made up and you know the different writers had different agendas and they're just kind of like showing that and I don't know that we can just easily dismiss these stories. I think that maybe there's something else going on here. What I think is going on is that, you know, these two passages show different reasons why the people of Israel are in the desert because they're being addressed to two different groups of people. The passage in the book of Numbers is addressed to the older generation of the Israelites, the people that rejected God and rebelled against him and ended up dying in the desert. And the passage in the book of Deuteronomy that we read first, well, that's not addressed to that. Remember, you know, they're about to enter the promised land. There's 40 years that have passed since the passage in the book of Numbers and this passage that we read. And all of those people in that Numbers passage, they have died. The people that are hearing Moses in Deuteronomy are the people that were 20 years or younger, the people that were born during those 40 years. The original rebellion that led to the wandering in the desert wasn't their doing. So Moses, what he's doing is he's giving them a different way of understanding their journey, of understanding their trial, of understanding why they've been in the desert for those 40 years. You see, you know, if, even if the primary reason why the people of Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years was because their parents had rebelled against God, well, that didn't mean that God was not doing something in them, in this new generation, during this time. Well, what led them to wander in the desert for 40 years wasn't their fault. But that doesn't mean that they were just helpless victims of circumstance. God was still doing something in them. He was testing their hearts. He was showing them things. He was teaching them things. He was providing for them. He was sustaining them. Uh, there is this line at the end of the passage that I've always found profoundly moving. He says, your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Uh, Moses tells them that the evidence of God's provision and presence is the fact that they survived. That God made those clothes and their sandals last through all of that journey and that they're still around because God kept them. You see, I think that one of the negative effects of prosperity theology in, in America is that we are programmed to only see abundance and excess as evidence of God's blessing. But in this passage, Mere survival is also evidence of God's blessing. God is telling these people about to go into, into the promised land. You know how you know that I've been with you because you're still around. Even if you're wearing the same clothes, and even if you're wearing the same sandals, and even if you've been eating the same thing for 40 years, you're still around because I've been with you. And I'm thinking this because, you know, we've gone through a very difficult time as a nation, as a planet, honestly. And just that individually as churches, it hasn't been easy. I, I know that from personal experience on our church, 
you know, there have been some very difficult times. Not being able to gather has been difficult. Uh, trying to maintain community when, when we cannot even see each other in person, it has been really difficult. There have been some isolating, difficult moments. And, and there were moments in our journey when I felt like, God, are you even with us Because it feels like you're not. And it feels like this is so hard. And if you were with us, maybe things would be a little bit easier. And and as and I was preparing this message originally, I'm reading through it, and I started thinking that, you know, maybe we've been looking at this time that we've just been through, that we're still, some of us, going through with, you know, frustration or sadness or anger. And we're wondering where God is in all this. And listen, I get those feelings because it's a crazy time that we've been through. But if there's anything that I can glean from this passage, is maybe that the fact that we're still here, even if we're still meeting online and we cannot see each other in person, even if we're not as many as we were before COVID started, even if we feel a little bit bruised by everything that's happened, even if we are tired, broke, or in debt, even if we've lost something during these past few months. Some of us are in a rougher spot now than we were when this started, right? But we're here. We've survived. We've had food on our tables. We've had a roof over our heads. This time has been difficult. It has been trying. And some days we felt like we wanted to give up and throw in the towel. And some days we're just tired of it all and we want to give up. But our clothes did not wear out. And our feet did not swell. Somehow, throughout this time, God has preserved us. And we're still here. We saw that happen in our church in all sorts of different ways. God providing, God sending people we were not expecting. We thought that financially this was going to be disastrous for us. And somehow God provided. We weren't seeing it coming. And, and, and I've talked to Josh and Josh has told me stories of how God has moved in your church. Things that you weren't expecting to happen. Things that you thought would go one way but didn't go that way. And God, through all of that, in His sovereignty and in His providence, kept caring for you. Redeeming hope. You're still here. Your clothes did not wear out. And your feet did not swell. And God has sustained you. And, and as we start looking at the horizon, seeing some glimmers of hope that things are going to change, that there's a vaccine that hopefully soon we'll be able to start meeting in person again, and that you know the economy might start recovering, as all these things we start looking at and hoping for change, we should do what Moses commands the people of Israel to do, to remember how God sustained us through this time. We might not be wealthier than we were before. 
we, we things might not, you know, might look different, might look tight, might not be the same, but we're still here. And, and, and the people of, of Israel are going to this new season, right? They, they've been nomads for 40 years, and all of a sudden they're going to be established and, and they're going to be, be living in this land. And God wants them to remember this. God wants them to remember how he did all these things, how he tested their hearts and, you know, taught them things and provided for them and sustained them. And he's telling me, remember this. Remember that what you've been through, this journey, this ordeal, it was I who sustained you during that time. And as you go into the next stage, it is I who is going to keep sustaining you. Um, you know, I, I remember when uh, COVID started, you know, uh, hitting how, uh, uh, you, you know, so many uh, people were on Twitter kind of like just joking, how, saying how like, hey, the generation that lived through World War II are saying like, this is nothing, man. Like, I mean, we lived, through a war, and, and, and you can survive being on Zoom for a few months. And, and it's probably true, but I also think that this thing has changed. That is a time that has affected us in, in really profound ways. I was talking uh, to a friend a few months ago, kind of like saying how I, I do feel and I hope and wonder that maybe we'll be more resilient after this, right? Maybe there's something in, in, in this that we, we, we've endured this trial that's been difficult for so many of us that when the next trial comes and believe me it will come we will to say okay we're able to get through that now what makes the people of God different is that we don't just have a reliance on our own self-sufficiency we just don't say we were able to get through that I was able to endure this trial we're able to say and believe and think God sustained Sustain me through that. My clothes did not wear out and my feet did not swell. And it's the, the knowledge of what God has done in the past what gives me the faith to face the future, believing that the same God will continue to sustain me. As a church, we are in the midst of a lot of unknowns. We're looking for a place where we can meet that you know, fits all of us because our previous location was small uh, and we had to make all these sorts of changes. And we're kind of like right now in the, in the midst of that and through all of that, through all of these unknowns, the thing that I have to keep going back is God kept us in the most difficult part of this. And if God kept us during that, I need to continue moving in obedience to the Spirit of God, believing that God still has the power to keep us through whatever's next. I don't know what's next for your redeeming hope. I don't know what the next steps you are going to take, the next move you're going to make. What I want you to know is whatever it is that you're going to face in your future, whatever the next challenge is, whatever the next mountain is, whatever the next thing that God is calling you as a church to do, you need to go into that. Remember that the same God that's calling you into the next thing was the God that kept you during COVID. The same God that sustained you during what happened. And that during that time, your clothes did not wear out and your feet didn't swell. And a lot of times, we have to realize that that's enough. So sometimes we, we are able to look back and say, God did this incredible 
thing and this incredible blessing. And we grew exponentially and got these tremendous miracles. And those seasons are beautiful. I've lived through them and they're beautiful. And I thank God for them. I long to see those seasons again. But sometimes, what you have to understand is we need to look at seasons where maybe we didn't grow. And maybe things didn't completely change for the better. Maybe things were tight and difficult and there was struggle. But guess what? Your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't swell. We're still here. And that is just as much evidence of God's goodness and God's faithfulness than the big, huge blessing. It's the same God. The story of our church is that story. It's a story of survival. We've faced a lot of challenges. We thought that things were going to be way easier than they turned out to be. We had to move from location to location. We lost key members in our team. And, you know, there was a point that, like, our whole worship team quit in, like, two months. And we didn't know what we are going to do. And through every single challenge that we faced, you know what's happened? God has provided us exactly what we needed to keep afloat. It was never a lot. It was never like an excessive number or excessive funds or whatever. It was just enough that we keep, could keep going. And when I look back into that thing, it's a story of survival. It's a story of like God kept us alive. It's a story of the people of Israel in the desert. God kept them alive. And learning to follow God, learning to be the people of God means giving God as much glory and as much thanks for the times when we experience abundant blessing and, and favor as giving thanks to God on the times that we're barely kept alive, but we're still here. And that's something that only God could do. Maybe this is also true for you in your personal life. You know, maybe you feel the, that during this time, it didn't go the way you wanted it to go, right? Like, I remember at the beginning of COVID, uh, everybody had all these ideas that they were going to become, I don't know, like the next Michelangelo, the next Shakespeare. Like, there was this tweet going around that Shakespeare wrote uh, uh, Hamlet, I think, or King Lear when he was in quarantine. So everybody's like, I'm going to write the next novel. Everybody was like buying, like, flour and like baking bread and learning new languages and then like three weeks in we were like living in our sweatpants just staring at Netflix the whole time because we're exhausted of the quarantine and there's moments that have been really hard and really difficult maybe you're looking back in your life and you feel like it was like a lost year that you wish you could have accomplished more and that it wasn't enough but what if this is true as well for you uh, you know, it, it's what I think it's interesting is that God's taking the people of Israel through the desert. And if you spend 40 years in the desert, then this is a moment that God's not recriminating them anything, you know? Like, they're going into, into, the, into the promised land in the book of Deuteronomy, and he's saying, you know, you all were like a bunch of disobedient infidels. No, he's just saying, listen, you made it through these 40 years because I kept you alive. And as you go into the promised land, remember that I'm the one who keeps you. That's how you know that I'm with you. And I mean, I wonder if that should be proof enough for us of God's favor. Under all of that, 
You know what there is? It's the presence of Jesus. We have this different sense of God's presence. It's not just that our clothes didn't wear out and our feet didn't swell. It's that through this whole time, Jesus has been with us. That Jesus has never abandoned us. That we believe that what, what the writer in Romans says, that, that if God gave us his son, if God didn't deny his son, how is he not going with him to give us everything that we need? And sometimes what we need is enough to survive and enough to stay alive. And as we look at the fact that we're still around, that God has kept us as a church, that God has kept us as families, that has, God has kept us as individuals, we can thank God for the provision that he gives us in his son, Jesus Christ, who not only dies for our sins so we can be reconciled to the Father, but who also provides in his life everything that we need. In the same way that the people of Israel are fed with manna and with quail in the desert for 40 years, it's Jesus, the one who's kept us alive. And that should be enough. And as we look into the future, as you look into the future, Redeeming Hope, whatever the thing is that God has for you, whatever the next steps that God has for you, God's maybe calling you, some of you, into getting more involved, into taking your next step with Jesus, the next step of obedience or discipleship. Maybe God's calling you into mission, out to do something. Whatever that is, what, what I want you to know is that maybe the, the thing that you look back into your life Maybe you want it to be more spectacular so that you can have more confidence in the future. Your confidence is not in you, it's in Christ. And the proof of that is that God has sustained you in his son. And that's all the proof that we need to continue moving forward. So when you feel like giving up, when you feel like maybe God's done with you, if you're breathing, God's not done with you. If you're still around, God's not done with you. If you feel like you've barely survived, then God's not done with you. Remember that your clothes did not wear out and your feet didn't swell. Remember that you're still here. And if you're still here, if we're still here, God's not done with us. Grace and peace. Joel, thank you so much for delivering that wonderful gospel-centered message like I knew you would today. Um, we just really need this message for us um, moving forward this week. Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.